Good morning, good morning. How are we doing? Are we good? Hey, you guys are awesome. Braving the 40 degree heat to come sit in a gym. You guys are awesome. I hope you're enjoying your water that you got as you came in, nice and chilled. Feel free to obviously swig away at that um, during the message. You know, um, we want you guys to not be passing out. So um, yeah, we want you awake and alive with us. So that's good. I don't know about you, but you know, this series of Revealing Jesus over this month has really helped me to actually turn away from all of the stuff that comes along with Christmas, um, all of the you know, craziness around uh, shopping. You know, Sarah was telling me about the craziness because she works in retail and it's just hectic. Um, and just all of the different Christmas parties and do's that you're kind of a part of and, and needing to do things for. I don't know about you, but it's really easy for me to get really caught up in that kind of, kind of a thing and actually forget the real reason around Christmas. And that, of course, is our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And so revealing Jesus has really helped me to focus in on the amazing gift that Jesus is to us. We've been talking about how Jesus is our victory, that Jesus is our forgiveness. Next week, we're going to talk about how Jesus is our Prince of Peace. And I'm so excited for that, because how many of you know... You know, we need peace, but we also need to get peace out into our worlds because there's a lot of people living without it. And Jesus is the answer for that. And this morning, I'm really excited because in the next 25 minutes, we're going to be talking about how Jesus is the light of the world. Don't know about you, but Jesus says these different things about himself. He said all these I am statements, and it's so easy to overlook them because, you know, light I'm the bread of life, I'm the living water. All of these elements we're so used to in our day to day. We're used to, you know, flicking on a switch and there's light. We're used to getting water from our tap. We're used to bread, eating bread. Um, And so often for me, I've actually overlooked these titles of Jesus. But the fact that he says, I am the light of the world and all of these other things, it actually means that we should take note. That as believers, as Christians, we should actually know what Jesus is saying about himself so that we can follow him in that. And so this morning, we're going to talk about Jesus is the light. I love this scripture in Matthew 4.16 that basically introduces Jesus as infant baby Jesus to the world as light. Let's read it together. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. It's a beautiful, beautiful scripture talking about the birth of Jesus into our world. Now, I don't know about you, but if you kind of look at that in a real practical sense, you kind of think, oh, maybe they didn't have light back then. If Jesus came to be the light, what kind of light are we talking about? Surely there was fire, surely there were lamps, surely there was, you know, the light of the sun. So what kind of light is the Bible talking about when it talks about Jesus? Well, there's a scripture that we're going to focus in on today, and that's John 8, 12. And it says this, again, Jesus spoke to them. He was speaking to a crowd saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, this, um, Jesus is saying this to people. And so he's wanting people to know that, hey, I am the light for the world. But it's a little bit difficult to understand what Jesus actually means by that, unless we go into the Greek, go into the language in which 
um, that was actually written. And so I've done the homework for you. You don't have to go and look up the Greek. Sandy's thankful. It's all good. I've got you guys. Um, but we're going to unpack this. Don't worry, I'm not going to nerd out too much. It should be really easy to follow along. Um, so we're going to look at this passage of Scripture, but we're going to break it down. So first things first, I am the light of the world. Jesus boldly says, I am the light of the world. And as I mentioned, Jesus has made these other I am statements before, and it's all recorded in the Gospels. You can go home and read them in your Bible. But when he says, I am, he's basically saying that I am and no one else can be. This I am title, I am the light of the world, is exclusive to me. The answer to the light of the world is actually found in me and me alone. And so when Jesus says that, we take note, right? When he says, I am the solution for something, then we take note because he's talking about himself. He, we're talking about our Lord and Saviour here. And so he says, I am. This is exclusive to me. But the awesome thing is that when we look at it as exclusive to Jesus, it means that when we put our faith in him, when we actually believe that he is, then he will be for us. Does that make sense? He, that reality actually comes into our life. And so as we talk about I am the light of the world today, I am praying, I'm declaring that God's light will come into your life. That no matter what darkness you may be walking him in, that Jesus' light will come into your life. And we're going to talk a bit about what that means. But I am the light of the world. And, and in the Greek, it actually should say, I am the light for the world. And what this statement that Jesus was saying actually meant, the picture that I get for it is when you walk into the zoo or when you walk into a theme park, normally you have somebody waiting for you with a map all laid out. Um, you have them, you know, they're able to give you directions. This is where you get your drinks from, your food from. This is where you go see the elephants. This is where you go see the lions. Um, and they act as a bit of a tour guide. So when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, he's actually saying, guys, I am the tour guide for your life. He's saying that from at any point that you invite me in as the light for your life, I will walk with you. I will be the light upon your path and I will also be the path that you are to walk on. And I love that about God, that he, He's this all-in-one package. We need not go anywhere else, but He's the answer for everything that we need. And that includes a guide for our life. I don't know about you, but that's good news to me because I've certainly been in situations in my life where I have felt lost. I felt like I've been in this darkness without a guide, not knowing what option to take, not knowing what decision to make. But as soon as I welcome Jesus, the light of the world in, He shines His light and helps me navigate the way through. And that's what Jesus is saying when He says, I am the light of the world. I am exclusive to me. I am your tour guide. I'm the one walking with you, um, around you. I'm in you. I'm also going before you. I'm with you in this life. Jesus is with you in your life. That's good news. So light. What, when Jesus actually says light, what does he mean by that? Well, it's really interesting. And, and for me, looking at light, I kind of see that, oh, yeah, obviously light illuminates things, right? Yes, that's exactly what Jesus was meaning to say. You see, the Greek word for light is phos or phaio. Again, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but I know that that's how it's spelled. Makes sense to me in English. But that's the word, phos or phaio, and it means to light, show, be seen. But what I found was interesting, 
that it also means to think or make one's uh, thoughts known, to speak or to say. And so Jesus's light actually illuminates to us what God wants to say to us. That's amazing. I, I just think that's so incredible that that's part of what Jesus does for us. He actually illuminates God's thoughts towards us. And my Bible says that God only has good, pleasing, wonderful thoughts towards us. And Jesus' job, Jesus' mission is actually to deliver those thoughts to us. It's so good. So what are these thoughts that God has towards us? Well, if I were to think, if I want to guide somebody through life and actually help them work their through in a healthy way without pitfalls and stumbling, then there are certain things that I'm going to put on top of my priority list to reveal to them, right? And I think parents, you can probably acknowledge that. There are certain things you're going to want your kids to know. And so God, in being this beautiful, loving father, there are certain things that he wants as his kids to know. And the first thing, or one of the things, is this. Jesus' light illuminates sin to be foreign to what God has created. So that whenever we come up against it, we know that, okay, I'm going to decline that. I'm not going to go that way, but I'm going to walk in the opposite direction and I'm going to walk to life. God actually highlights what's foreign to us as his children. I don't know about you, but, you know, when I gave my life to Jesus when I was a teenager, there were certain things and behaviors that I did, you know, For some of you who know me, you're probably like, I can't imagine you doing that. But anyway, I'm about to reveal some stuff, my previous life that you didn't know about. Um, But I used to lie quite frequently. I used to swear and kind of use not so much dirty language, but I would certainly curse and cuss uh, when I was frustrated or angry. Um, And also boys were a little bit of a trap for me going throughout high school, um, you know, dating and all that kind of stuff. Um, But as well, you know, there were uh, certain movies that I would watch, there was certain music that I would listen to that was really quite angry. um, And it it definitely wasn't life bringing. But you know, the moment where I actually surrendered my life to Jesus, I really started to become very uncomfortable with doing these things. You know, you don't change in terms of your habits and things like that. So I would go to do it. But then after listening to a song, I just feel like, oh, you know, I feel like that's not life giving. That makes me feel depressed. That makes me feel angry. That makes me feel discontent with my life. I don't think that's actually good for me anymore. And that was God shining a light. That was Jesus illuminating light, illuminating sin to be foreign to now what I was meant to feast on, gravitate towards and live according to. God's so good. He, he shows us those things that are going to make us stumble and fall and not live up to the potential that he's placed in our life. And another thing that Jesus' light illuminates to us, and you can kind of uh, guess what it is, because if he illuminates sin, then he's also also going to illuminate the good things that come from God. He's also going to illuminate the good options, the wisdom, the decisions to make, and the things to avoid. And he's going to illuminate amazing people to get on your journey and to catch up with, to encourage you in your faith. He's going to illuminate scripture from the word of God to you. Why? Because he wants you to go in that direction. He's going to illuminate amazing blessings and gifts and talents in your life so you can put them to use. That's also something that Jesus' light illuminates in our life. A third thing 
this is, I think, if we were to summarize it, the third and last thing is that Jesus's light illuminates the way for us. And so I don't know about you, but at different times in my life, I've been um, needing to make decisions and, and that would lead me down a path for maybe a few years, particularly for me when I was starting university after high school. And as well, there was another time where um, just we were about to plant Lift Church, this church, and I chose to stay on staff for another six months previous church when the option was I could have stepped off and really um, got stuck into Lift. But with these two decisions, I decided to kind of just go my own way um, and, and do what I wanted to do or do what I thought was best. I didn't stop and pray and ask Jesus to actually illuminate the path uh, going forward. And you know what? For these two decisions, I struggled big time. It was like this darkness came over my soul, came over my mind. I was struggling to um, wake up. Um, you know, excited for the day and, and actually eager to get into my workplace. And, you know, when I worked on staff at my previous church, it was great. I loved it. I loved what I was doing. But all of a sudden, just that joy left me. And it was because Jesus was illuminating a different way, a different path, but I chose to walk the opposite way. But I love it. Jesus illuminates sin so that we don't fall into it. He illuminates the good things so that we can follow those things. And he illuminates the path going forward. I love it. You know, so if Jesus illuminates light, if he is the light of the world, then there must mean that there's also darkness in the world. And absolutely, you see what happened at the beginning of time when Adam and Eve sinned and basically fell short of the mark that God had placed for them, darkness entered the world, sin entered the world. And so the world actually became covered in darkness. And so darkness is a real thing, but what kind of darkness are we talking about? We're talking about spiritual darkness, this disconnection with God. And so if Jesus is the light of the world, he's come to actually expel this darkness. But if we look into the language again of darkness, what it actually means is obscurity. It means dimness. It means uh, this ignorance, this lack of knowing. So basically when darkness entered the world, people didn't know how to find their way back to God, back to right relationship with God. They didn't know the way to life and life to the full and life in abundance that Jesus promises us because they lacked light. They lived in this spiritual darkness. And in this um, scripture, the word walk actually means walking around. You know when people are lost and they kind of just begin to walk around and loop back to where they were? And the word also means to walk through and walk beyond into. But God was saying, you know, I actually love this world and I don't want people walking around in darkness. I don't want them walking through life in darkness. And I don't want them walking into uh, beyond life, into eternal darkness. And so I'm going to send Jesus to be the light of the world so that we don't have to walk in darkness here on earth. We don't have to be lost. We don't have to be uh, uh, lacking knowledge of salvation and the way to life here on earth. You know, a picture that comes to, uh, to mind for me, and excuse um, me if you've never been to one of these places, but who here has heard of an escape room? You know, there's games, yet yeah, kind of taken Perth by storm, maybe like seven years ago or something. Um, but basically, you go to these places, and they're pitch, well not pitch back, but very dark uh, rooms. 
somebody comes in to you and your team and they give you a clue and basically you've got to crack a lot of these clues and make your way out of the room. You've got to escape the room. Um, but what I think about when the Bible talks about this darkness, this spiritual darkness, it's actually being put in one of those dark rooms, having to find your way out into life, into the light, but without any clues, without not knowing what to do first, where to go, what options you have. And that's the picture that I get when the Bible talks about this spiritual darkness. But I love that God sent Jesus. You know, he was born into this earth to be the light for the world, that we wouldn't have to just walk around and be confused and be lost in this darkness. But Jesus could illuminate the way forward, the way out, the way of escape from our sin and death and into life and life for all eternity. That's what darkness means in this uh, passage of Scripture. But you know, this whole thing of, I don't know about you, but I definitely want light. I definitely want Jesus to be my light. I want Him to be my way forward. I want Him to illuminate the path. And I don't want to walk in darkness. I don't want to spend my time here on earth in darkness. But it's actually all predicated upon how I follow. You see, the Scripture says, whoever follows me, will never walk in darkness. But I love that there's a promise there. It's whoever will follow me, you will never walk in darkness. So what does following look like? What does following actually mean to Jesus in this passage of Scripture? Well, follow means to accompany, to be in the same way with as a disciple. You know, the picture I get of this is, um, you know, friends who graduate high school together and then they're interested in the same thing. So they go and enroll in the same course um, at a university together. Their timetables are the same. They're going to all the classes the same. They're dressing similar because they like the same fashion. They're wearing their hair very similar. They've got the same lingo going on. That's what I think of when I think of being in the same way with someone, being a disciple of someone. And for us, being in the same way with Jesus means that his thinking becomes our thinking, that his desires become our desires, that his will becomes our will. And then on top of that, his life is exchanged for us. We actually get life and life to the full when we follow Jesus. You know, it's hard to do because Jesus isn't here in flesh and blood, but Jesus makes it pretty clear in the Word of God who He is, what His character is like, what, what He did with His time here on earth. And He actually begs us to do the same. He invites us to do the same, to come and follow Him so that we won't actually walk in darkness. He puts that invitation out to each and every one of us. But you know, following Jesus necessarily means that we need to turn away from some things. You can't follow Jesus and follow yourself or anyone else. We have to follow Jesus and Jesus alone. Remember, He is the light of the world. It's exclusive to Him that we actually find life. And so what the disciples who are walking with Jesus, who are following Jesus, what they actually were challenged with and, and needed to lay aside in order, order to follow Jesus was their personal comfort and their family. Now, I know 
everyone here probably belongs to some kind of a family. So don't jump ahead of me uh, too fast because I want to explain that for a moment. Um, But personal comfort, that was one of the things that the disciples had to lay aside. You know, Jesus said to them that if you follow me, you probably won't have a bed to sleep on tonight. If you follow me, you're not going to have a pillow to rest your head. If you follow me, there's going to be uncertainty. There are going to be things that we see and do together that are going to challenge you. But in order for you to come with me, you actually need to lay aside your personal comfort, lay aside the security that you find in other things, in your homes, in your beds, in your family, in your place of work. Actually, you need to sacrifice that. You need to surrender that, lay that on the altar in order to follow me. Now, God's not asking us to quit our jobs because he also says that, you know, he wants to use our workplace to actually reach other people in our world and to provide for ourselves. It's not what God is saying. But what he's saying is whatever personal comfort you find in that thing, whether that be a relationship, your workplace, whatever it is, to actually lay aside the comfort and the security that you find in those things and to actually turn your attention to him and put your faith in him to find it. Find your personal comfort and confidence in him. That's the first thing that he challenged his disciples to do. The second thing, as I mentioned, was family. Now, God wasn't saying leave your families, um, you know, parents, you obviously can't leave your children or your spouse. No, that's not what God is asking you to do here. But what God is asking is actually to leave behind what your family represents in terms of thinking, lifestyle, if it is in opposition to the kingdom of God. You know, I remember going through a season of my life where I just really was excited about the call God had given me. I was really excited to live for Jesus and and actually walk in the purpose he had for me. But I was always torn between what my family, what my parents, what my extended family, the culture of, of what they were like and also what they expected of me. And I remember my pastor coming to me and saying, Beck, it's actually time to let go. You have to let go of those things in order to cleave to Jesus and really live out the fullness that He has for your life. And so I had to make a decision. I had to make a decision that no matter how different I look to my family, and and Pastor Nate and I, we look really different to my extended family. Um, There are things that they don't agree with. There are things that, you know, they look down on us for. They look down on us because, you know, we're pastors, we're not huge money makers, we're not um, uh, out there climbing the ladder in, in corporate world, we're not doing any of that and so we're looked down upon. But you know, I had to come to a decision that I'm willing to forsake all of that and go along with how they live life and, and, and just the things that really steal away from the kingdom of God being advanced. I had to lay that aside in order to walk in to what God has for me and I've never once regretted that decision. I've never once uh, regretted the decision to put away things that are oppositional to God's kingdom, the way of thinking that Jesus presents, his character and the way to love people and the way to respond to people. When you want to take the low road, he says, take the high road. I've never once regretted when I've chosen Jesus over the culture of my family. And I believe that that's a challenge. Those are challenges that God puts out to us who want to follow Jesus today. Are you willing to lay aside your personal comfort? It's, it's a brave decision to make because there's so much uncertainty with Jesus. But he also says, are you willing to step away 
from maybe the expectations of your family, maybe the control and the culture of your family in order to follow me. Because I am the light of the world. I am the only one who can truly guide you into life here on earth and into eternal life. And I love that the Bible puts this out so simply that if you want to live in the light, if you want to walk in the light, then you need to choose to follow Jesus and you will never walk in darkness. It's as simple as that. So this morning, I want to put an invitation out to you. Do you want to walk in the light? Do you know that when you finish your life here on earth, do you know that you are going to eternity with God where there is light and life? Or are you unsure about that? Well, this morning, I want to give you an invitation and the Bible is so clear about it. God says that if you confess Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, if you say that what He did on the cross is for you and you receive that into your heart, then salvation comes to you. The light of Jesus comes to you. And so this morning, if you want that, I'm just going to lead you in a prayer and you can repeat this prayer after me. Pray, dear Jesus, I confess that I have sinned. And I need your salvation. Be my Lord and my Saviour. Thank you for life. Now you have mine. In your powerful name I pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Live Church or on Facebook at Live Church Perth. That will give you all the up-to-date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.